Hello and welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I'm Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today, we spotlight the track Let the Mountain Decide from 2016's album 7. And the thing about this track that is unique to the album is that it does not contain strings. This was a mostly string-heavy album, and there was no place to put them for this particular track. But it did begin something of a song cycle for me, which is, it hasn't been, it hasn't been resolved yet, uh, but due to kind of lack of interest in larger narratives, uh, larger, more uh, prolonged narratives, I'm, I'm kind of, this is on hold, as is Seven Hills. I thought that I could build in interest. I think I thought people would be intrigued uh, if they knew that I was working f- a longer storyline. And that is not the case. This, this song cycle in particular is about... It be, this is the the first song in it. Let them out and decide, and then there are three others that follow, and maybe more. Maybe there will be lots more. It was kind of my, uh, uh, I kind of dabbled with afterlife theory, and uh, so what I was trying to do was portray a guy who was living his life. He was not very nice. He was arrogant. People didn't particularly like him. He was overly competitive and just not not warm or personable at all. And just, you know, sort of monstrously arrogant. So, you know, he decides that he is going to climb a mountain. And, of course, people say that, you know, don't do it. It's really dangerous. Uh, but... The, as as a sort of personal goal, he makes it his uh, he makes it his priority to climb this mountain just to show everybody because you know that's the kind of guy he is, and he gets there. This song, he gets there, and you know there's this is this is an all live band tune. Uh, I've got you know the these excellent, excellent guys playing with me here. Um, Mostly uh, my core band to this day, although the guitarist is different, and I am playing drums, but, uh, (laughs) and and competently too. Um, But uh, I, I really, I, I, w- I felt like I needed to say more. And if there are lots of things about my music where it's like I finished that song and I feel like there's more of a story there. That happened with uh, Somewhere in Antwerp Part 1. And I only, and you know, that is, I did that, I featured that song like a year ago. You know, I've been doing this podcast for a year and and still, you know, in in typical... I, I always talk about this in typical longboat fashion. Uh, you know, there are like three people who listen to it. Uh, just like there are about three people worldwide 
who listened to my just my music as a matter of course and one of them of course is my wife <laughs> so you know you, you what you do is 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 in order to make your music known to strangers you hire publicists and i've hired a publicist and um he is promoting album 21 now and i wish him the best he will be uh promoting the wow and the pow volume 2 in may and june and i wish him much luck on that too uh and of course the new new album that i'm going to be recording next month it will be out probably in August. And it is, I just, I'm just discussing design elements to the, to the CD. Cause yes, I still do have, I have CDs manufactured, uh, in, in this, you know, digital day and age, just because, you know, I grew up with albums and albums gave you a chance to, uh, put an image along with your music and CDs, the, 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 it was the same thing, but it had to be a more concise image. It had to be sort of bigger and bolder. It couldn't be just, you know, a foot square. It, it had to be, it had to be something that was, that was clear and had a bolder message because of, you know, the, the lack of size. And that's what I've been trying to do for every single album that's come out and this one is no exception except well there the only exception is that uh there is a i sort of wrote an essay to accompany it and um still i'm 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 just being i'm being overly mysterious about it i'm not telling going to tell you what it's about probably for another couple of weeks but uh it it's coming together well. I've been singing it for about the last week and a half. I'm get, and of course doing that I change lyrics every single time. I make things more, I kind of put more of a point on lyrics. Or if I want to change lyrics, <laughs> I, I, and I have no idea what I want them to be, I point an arrow to, to the, the lyrics in question and um, just write in, in, in my largest sloppiest handwriting uh, change this and uh, you would be am amazed at how well that works because you know maybe I'm not in that frame of mind at the at the moment but if I if I'm just I, if I go and forget about it and I look at it and it's like oh yeah that that the replacement lines are obvious and it's happened so many times also just learning my own uh vocal lines because as as you well know as you three people who are faithful listeners and thank you for tuning in that i always start with the music and so there's no it's not a, a very organic process it's a more kind of like you know landing craft on the beach and uh the first the 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 first few steps are the most difficult and then once you get a, a, kind of your footing then progress is a lot faster and the changes that you want to make become more obvious 
and um, also my voice improves. I'm not a person who just goes around singing all the time because I'm not, but I really do, I, I, I like the process of, you know, my, my voice is, is <clears throat> it's, it is what it is. It sounds, when I sing, it sounds kind of like I'm talking and, you know, my, my voice is very, very, is, uh, I would say distinctive in that, you know, it's, I, I sing low, I don't, don't sing high. I'm, I'm kind of in a muddy range, uh, say, uh, compared to Ryan Leva, who is my engineer and, uh, backup singer. Yeah. He can go into the stratosphere. I cannot, but I can go into the Marianas trench of, um, you know, low, low notes. Yeah. I can go to like a low C and that's what I did for an upcoming album, which will be out in January of 2022. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. But um, yeah, so as I was saying, we I um, tell larger. I'm tr- I was trying to tell larger stories, and I was trying to tell several larger stories at the same time. And this is. Like I said, this is about a guy who climbs a mountain against all advice, uh, just because he's uh, he's arrogantly confident in his own ability. The next song, which is on D minus, the called "The Mountain Decided," is he um, after this triumph, he takes a step, falls off the mountain, and the next song. <laughs> After that, in the series, is um, uh, on E plus, and that's the one where he um, he is falling and regrets his arrogance, and uh, it's it's just this he's falling a th- you know thousands of feet uh, down this sheer cliff. Of course, it gives him a, t- a time to reflect on his life, and he realizes that he's not been a good person. At the end of it, he dies. And um, and then on album 14 is he's dead, and he hears a mountain calling for him. And at, And once he responds to it, he starts floating through darkness, and eventually this mountain comes into view and the mountain sings to him it beckons him it calls him and that is where it is now i was going to have something about tests in the afterlife not egyptian book of the dead tests but um some something uh, some spiritual tests and since this guy's life was not good in life I mean since he was not a nice person in life he has a chance for redemption in death um, and of course that that brings up a lot of other questions like what happens after that 
what happens after he learns this lesson? Does he come back? And is he reborn? Is he a better person? Or does he go on to someplace else? I haven't decided any of these things because I haven't had to. Uh, no one was, you know, it, it's, I, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was desperately grasping out in all directions. It was just, I thought that these things were, this is what creative people do. They try to tell larger stories. And, you know, of course, it, with pop music, rock music, that it's, it seems that that culminated very quickly in the rock opera as, you know, sort of comically excessive and over the top uh, that the genre is, you know, the uber drama and whatnot. And of course, you know, by the 70s or so, it, it, end of the 70s, it was not really, uh, you know, there, there were a few things that, that came out that were, you know, musicals. Uh, musicals, rock operas, you know, the, the ultimate rock opera, of course, is Tommy by The Who. But then there's also, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is rock and roll play, uh, rock and roll musical. And then, of course, you know, you have your other, you have your reviews after that. You know, you have things like, you know, Sister Act, which is, I mean, they're just compilations. They're, and, and like Rock of Ages, which is, they're just you know, rock music, pop music compilations uh, with a story thrown in and uh, uh, hopefully compelling characters. And then, you know, just just whoever is the producer gets to rake in all the dough and buy a $60 million house or whatever. So <laughs> that's, and that, that's how success works in my mind. Uh, and so uh, I just, I, I didn't want to have that kind of rock opera thing going on. I have nothing against, and in fact, I am a great proponent of the concept album. But at, also, I didn't want to write all of these songs at once. I wanted this to be an evolving thing. Just like I wanted Seven Hills to be an evolving thing. Until I felt the need, after eight installments, to bring in m more people. Voice actors... And tell a larger story of these spies um, getting together and all the difficulties they have in getting along with each other and making any sort of decision. And, you know, I, I have... That is on pause, too, because I thought they're with, you know, everybody's interest in, in podcasts and radio plays and, you know, this is new... It, it's kind of a golden age of writing every th conceivable genre. I thought that this would, would sort of catch on to that, even though it's, you know, comes out once a year and it's two hours long. Um, and, I mean, if I had to do it every week, I believe that I could. I believe I could write a song for it every week and and have that and and record it. And, you know, have that be, have it be, you know, half an hour long, have it, have a, a, something pertinent to that, or just have a song every other episode or whatever, you know, in a weekly basis. 
But yeah, that's <laughs> since I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to do that if people aren't interested because I'm I'm still searching for an audience, and um, again I wish my publicist the best of luck, and um, I haven't decided how far I'm going to retain him. I'd probably till till the end of this year, um, and. I, it's just, you know, for, since it's Longboat, it's deja vu all over again. But, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, it's, it's sort of like, gee, you know, nobody's, nobody's really interested in your stuff. I can't understand it. And that is, of course, what, <laughs> what I've gotten from everybody. And it's like, yeah, people seem to like to listen to it. It gets a lot of radio play on college stations, but, uh, yeah, nobody wants to really figure out who's behind all this. And of course, that's the reason for the the podcast. But then again, it's the podcast was to increase awareness, which is it totally is not done. But anyhow, so the uh, this is uh, this song, "Let the Mountain Decide." It's it's just about. I want you to just think of the most arrogant person you know. And it could be, it could be a, you know, there, there is no gender for arrogance, but usually it's, it's not completely a monopoly of men, but I imagine a guy who, you know, his sort of bullies his way to the near top and, you know, everything is a competition. Everything is, you know, there's a measuring stick for everything. And he's just overly competitive, overly arrogant. Uh, you know, when he wins, he just he gloats a little bit too much. Um, and and you know, people are not entirely comfortable around him uh, because you know he has that he has a, a fairly a semi caustic grating personality too, and uh, you know, self aggrandizing and not like you know Donald Trump, but but you know somebody who who has a fair amount of ability and but is has you know sort of blown his importance on this earth far out of proportion so with jeff fielder on guitar chris chris simer on bass uh, joe doria on hammond b3 and yours truly on drums this is let the mountain decide Could be no tomorrow, I suppose. They 
is all a calculated risk There's a line between courage and foolishness I'll find out, I'll soon find out Where the truth of all this really lies Does this climb make the slightest bit of sense? Or is this just an act of arrogance? I can't say, no I can't say Answers often show up in disguise They say that I've lost my mind And that me climbing to the summit certain suicide I'm a grown up man and I do not hide So I say once I'm at the top I'll let the mountain decide Something bigger needs to sort my fate a few things um of course the backing vocals i mentioned him once before and really uh he is a he, he is a musician without peer in this uh in this city um ryan leva was uh, he did all those stacked uh vocals uh, backing vocals oh my god they, they just add so much punch to the song uh, it was recorded and mixed by Johnny Sangster and uh, mastered by the great Ed Brooks at RFI, which is now Resonant Mastering. And uh, yeah, um, and I, I just cannot praise the playing of Jeff Fielder more. Um, he really had the he he had that kind of you know. 70s mood rock thing down between um electric uh, acoustic and electric and yeah he just he nailed the bejesus out of it as we say in the industry and and just a wonderful wonderful performance by him and um yeah i i um i saw you know he's been he does things on 
Facebook. Uh, his his wife is, is is a very good uh, singer songwriter too, and um, uh, they do joint things. And um, you know, it's it's very interesting. Um, I'm not much for. I'm not really one for for Zoom concerts, but it still looks like he's doing very very interesting things. You should look him up on Facebook and see if he has any um, more Zoom events going on because um he is a he is a wonderful musician and should be supported um yes so this is the beginning of the series um i i also did not mention that there is a one more active song cycle going on and um this is uh, i actually did an episode about this called miss sunday it's just about days of the week with Miss, you know, Miss Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Actually, the there are six that have been done. And Miss Wednesday, yeah, this started with Miss Wednesday on the album D+. And every so often on non-concept albums, I have a Miss something. And the last one was Miss Monday on album 21. So I have one more to go. And then the song cycle will be complete. There will be seven installments. And then on Bandcamp, I can do a little playlist. And, you know, there's, it doesn't have, they have nothing in common with each other. Uh, just, I always think that Longboat songs do not share very much kinship with each other as a matter of course, but it was just, it was something that I wanted to do. I just wanted to write, I wanted to describe women uh, in, in you know, different kinds of personalities and just name them for a day of, day of the week. You know, there's, because Miss Wednesday is, is someone whose, whose life is in disarray because her her brother and father discovered something wrong with the uh, city's water system, and the political machinery turned its its smear apparatus on them. And she's just a you know a humble school teacher. And this is just all one song. And uh, you know Miss Thursday is I believe um, sort of a, a very blousy drunk. Um, and, and petty thief, and you know, Miss. Of course, Miss Sunday is uh, is the the woman who really likes to eat uh, b- bizarre foods. Uh, you know, sautéed concrete uh, and uh, refried anchovies and whatnot. And then uh, Miss Monday, the latest one, is about someone who I'm never going to meet. It's a, a person whose whose schedule does not permit her to meet me and it's not a you know it's not a love song it's just about uh, a permanently missing connection and it's not based on anybody who is alive or dead it's just you know in in seattle there's just you know i always feel that there's there is a very tenuous connection between anybody even your own best friends because the the ten it, it's People uh, like to stay scarce. There's the, the, the sort of jokey but very truthful 
description of Seattle is it's filled with the nicest people you'll never meet because they, you know, their public face is very limited because they would much rather just kind of go home and be and have a home life. And, and you know, that's that's fine. But I'm somebody who uh, derives, I, I get my energy, I get my inspiration from uh, the, the environment around me, which is why, you know, whenever I go to London, my mind is going about um, a mile a minute for on just about anything. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, to me, it's, it's one of the most inspiring places on earth for me. And, you know, I've been to New York, I've been to Los Angeles and they're, they're both fine, fine cities. Uh, uh, you know, New York is, is, is supposed to have that, uh, manic energy, that very, you know, um, determined, um, forward facing, uh, American spirit, uh, not the cigarette, but, you know, spirit of, of this nation and, and, um, yeah, I I see that. It just doesn't match mine. And uh whereas London does. And indeed, you know, a lot of England um does appeal to me. There's a there's a lot of a lot of this area around here except for the mountains, of course. Um is very it's sort of reminiscent of Britain. Um maybe there are more evergreens here and and whatnot, but you know, there's there's a a, a lush aspect to both uh, the Puget Sound area and to um, the British Isles that I find similar and, you know, very nice as a respite uh, once when London gets a little bit too intense and it can um, occasionally. And I lived there for a year and there were a couple of times when it was like, wow, I've gotten out of London and I'm so glad. <laughs> and uh and it may have been even to the suburbs, but but or sometimes I go to a place like Croydon, uh, which is, you know, the the I don't know, London's Brooklyn, uh London's Bronx, um you know, it's a, the Croydon is to London like Tacoma is to Seattle. Um yeah. Uh it, it's kind of the the um ugly stepchild. But, uh, and, and, you know, when I was in Croydon, all I could think about was getting back to London because it was so intensely ugly. And, and, and at, I'm sorry, if you're from Croydon and you love it, uh, I, I apologize, but it's, the whole place seems rather pointless. Um, anyhow, <laughs> um, uh, yes, I, I was talking about a song cycle once again. And uh, yeah, about Miss Miss Monday, the woman that you'll never meet because, you know, she lives in Seattle and you live in Seattle and, and uh, Seattle is a place where you uh, there are all kinds of great people that you won't meet. And <clears throat> that will be uh, in some coming album next year. I'm, I'm planning to. Uh, I'm planning to record two and release three. So, um, in, in case you're keeping score at home, that will be my 27th and 28th albums. And, um, yeah, uh, 20 albums, no waiting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I just, um, you know, I'm, it's, it's always, 
everything that I do is sort of predicated on hope. I do this, I make music because I'm hopeful. And I also feel like I am expressing things that are still new, even at this, even in, in this in this era. And I, I just realized that, you know, I uh, have a song on this new album called Circus, and the album that's going to be released after it in probably October of this year is about clowns and circuses and things like that. But hey, you know, uh, Mozart ripped himself off all the time. Handel, Handel, uh, you know, the guy who wrote Messiah, the guy, yeah, and all those, those, um, you know, that wonderful music for strings and fireworks, royal fireworks music and water music. Yeah, he, he, he was a, an incessant self-plagiarist. And uh, yeah, even Bach, uh, genius of the ages, um, recycled stuff too. But this is not recycling. This is just a, a similar topic. Uh, it's, it's clowns and circuses, but one is metaphorical and one is actually real. So yes, once, once I realized that, I felt much, much better about it and not think that, you know, that every single album is going to have something about circuses or clowns in it. And yeah, but you know, even in this, in, in this era, I am not really running out of subject matter. And I did, and you know, this is confiding to you, my sweet three listeners, that after this last year, incidentally, I got vaccinated against COVID last Monday. I had to drive all the way to Tacoma, and uh, which is Seattle's ugly stepchild, and to the target there. And I got the jab, and my side effects were minimal. I had a sore arm, and that was it. My lovely wife, on the other hand, got hers, the Johnson & Johnson, just like mine, uh, the the following day and was up late in the middle of the night with every single side effect. And of course, and, and so she was home from work the next day, um, just feeling achy flu, like she was, you know, nauseous and, uh, all that. So she had a fever. So she had all that going on and I had nothing except a sore arm that, that, you know, left me on Friday. She still has a sore arm and it's been, it's been a week now. And, um, yeah, poor thing. But that means that we do, you know, given what the two week, uh, incubation period or whatever, um, that we, we can go out into the world now. And it's not like we were cowering behind the doors. It's just that we were exercising caution because we were unprotected. And, um, you know, I still had the place that I went to every week, the sports bar down the street. Um, and of course, you know, this being Seattle, uh, I go there every week and every single week I am a new customer because that's how Seattle is because you don't, you don't really get any, just as you have no artistic traction, you have no actually actual familiarity with people, even though they see you once a week. If I, you know, if I went there five days a week, I don't know, maybe they'd be less formal, but I wouldn't actually put money on it. But uh, anyhow, 
Um, pandemic. I, we are, I was talking about the pandemic, and 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 I was confiding to you, my sweet, sweet, revered three listeners, that this last year I would go out, and you know I would be the only person walking around, and some in some cases I still am. It's just you know it's still very eerie to be in the middle of a city and have like nobody around and then you know you look up the street and down the street and there's like no traffic there are no cars there are cars you know parked along the, the, the street but you know like no cars it's the middle of the day and just just very it's eerie and you go for a walk around and and you know we we still have buildings we have many buildings that are still boarded up and, you know, a lot of them have kind of nice murals on them and everything like that. But but a lot of them are, you know, caked and coated in graffiti and there's all kinds of ugliness around. And, you know, say somebody just is, you know, going somewhere and they're pissed off and they decide to break a window. Well, that window just stays broken for a while. And maybe they cover it up with just a blank, sheer piece of plywood. And maybe more people break the window and maybe more people tag the building and more people. And, you know, it adds to this sort of urban eyesore. And there's just, you know, we, we do have reason to hope now. But at the time, there was just such ugliness and also sadness going down everywhere around us and tragedy and you know, and, and people losing, you know, family members, you know, thank God that that did not happen to me or my, my wife. Everybody is still intact, but we are actually, I feel that with, you know, the 560, 70 odd thousand people that we are in the minority. Um, and of course, you know, the, 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 uh, devastation on say like older jazz musicians has been very keenly felt. And I think I've also said, well, you know, what, what is jazz going to look like and what is it going to sound like um, when it, when life playing resumes? And I, and I can't, that's something I can't answer for you. I'm, I'm no longer a jazz musician, but it, it, it was just, it was something that I was very keenly aware of because, you know, my wife, she would, she would show me like somebody's obituary, like you know, say like Wallace Roney, um, who I believe he, he, he died last year. He died like in summer or late spring. And, you know, I know this guy, he is a, he is a trumpet player. He is, I've, I've liked his stuff. It's a little eclectic. It's, it's, you know, was a bit on the easy listening side. Um, it maybe it was some, at times it was a little bit too electronic, but I mean, you can say that about Miles Davis too, um, at, at certain points of his career and, uh, yeah, but yeah. And, and he's somebody that I've, I've known about for years and, you know, COVID cut him down and, and there are many, 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 many others, um, mostly elder statesmen. And so, yeah, what, what is that going to look like? But, but here's what I want to do with at least one album. And I, it might be album 28. And I'm telling you this because, you know, because nobody, nobody listens to this podcast. And so it's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm working things out for myself. 
you know, a lot of times when people are talking, they're talking to themselves. Uh, this is a prime example of that. But I want, I want to make an album that's, that's just, you know, sort of beautiful. That is, that carries with it simple sentiments. The songs do not have to be complicated. In fact, um, if they were, you know, simple, simple tunes about beauty, accompanied by strings and electronics, and just, you know, kind of aiming for the ethereal, or at least just the, you know, something that, that in a musical way would be characterized as beautiful. So that's, that's what I am trying to do uh, for at least one of these albums, and, and that's coming up next year. And I think I can do it. Um, I have two that I'm going to be recording this fall, probably September, October, and um, and then uh, two next year. So, and that'll be 27 and 28. And of course, the goal is to get to make it to 50 albums by hook or by crook. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I don't really see. I I I don't know whether I can stop. And that has always been my excuse for writing music that I I would have I would have abandoned the project but I couldn't stop. And so that's that's kind of where I am right now. And we'll leave it at that. If you want to email me, uh, you can you uh, you can do so. Uh, with a under the, um, by sending me sending it to um, Longboat Podcast. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Longboat Podcast at uh, gmail.com. You can stream everything that's been released at longboat.bandcamp.com. You can visit Longboat's wonderful, fantastic website at longboat.band. And um, otherwise, I will be back at you next week with another Longboat song. So, like I always say, if you don't like this track, I have others. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye. <laughs>